<laughs> well, we're going to sit in until they get here. Well, good morning. Hey, it's good to be gathered again today. Who's excited? Amen. Amen. Yeah, so there's a lot of snack out there. There's a lot of cheesecake today. And so after church, get coffee and cheesecake, sit around and chat a little bit. I think there's even a whole nether cheesecake that we can put out. So, you know, if, if I'm boring you during the sermon, just go get a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> go start up a conversation somewhere. Just do it where I can't see you so I don't feel bad about myself. Just kidding. Hey, but we are, we're here to worship the Lord. We want to welcome everyone who's tuning in online. And um, we're going to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And so we want to do that this morning through our singing and through our uh, time in the Word and our time together. Um, we want to just you know, say a quick prayer for, for Wally. Wally Kunkel has, uh, there, does he have a diagnosis or is it still unknown yet? Okay, so he has an unknown thing that causes him to have seizures. And uh, he had a seizure this morning. We were going to do a baby dedication this morning, and he had a seizure. He's at home resting, but be praying that God would heal him. That would be an awesome, awesome mm -hmm. miracle, uh, not just that he feels better. Um, you pray that too, but let's, let's pray that, that, that God will go after this and bring healing and revelation to what's causing this. You know, he, sometimes he has a seizure or two, and he's out of work for a week, and, and so that, that's no good. And uh, so we want to be praying for, for that. Um, you know, and there's, I mean, there's so many things to be uh, praying for and about. Last Sunday, um, right in Lucerne Valley, um, there was a horrific accident. And um, Aiden uh, was on scene for it. Um, four young girls were hit by a car, and three of them died. And um, he was he was uh, really close camping, and he heard, and so he went out there, and he was helping even at the scene, and um, you know, right, right, just families from Lucerne Valley. So, uh, you know, be, I, 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 I was the the details were you know sketchy. I don't even know if I knew it at that point, but um, uh, so be praying for those families, be praying for Kunkels, and 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 you know, as we're in w church and worship today, it's a great time to just begin to think and pray for those things that come to your mind. If if God brings it to your mind, pray about it. It's a wonderful habit to just get into. Um, don't worry about it, but pray about it. Amen. But uh, let's 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 pray and pray for Wally this morning and our time together as we get into worship. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can gather together to worship you. You're the King of Kings. Father, you have all the answers to the questions we haven't even asked yet. Lord, you have... Um, you are the source of hope, um, our source of joy. So as we come to you this morning, Father, we, um, we want to lift up Wally Kunkel to you and ask that you would heal him. Whatever's been happening in his, uh, in his body, in his brain, 
God, that you would bring healing to that and, and, and cause uh, this, this healing of the blood of Jesus to go through and bring life back, God. Um, whatever's been, been wronged, Lord, I pray that you would correct it. Um, Father, we just ask that you would put your hand upon him, upon the family, as every time that happens, it's just worrisome, I, I can only imagine. And so bless them, uh, and, and even in, in, in all their other situations, looking for a home, and uh, just be with them. We thank you for their faithfulness and, and their love for you. God, we pray for that uh, those families who lost their daughters, and for the daughter who was in the hospital, and I haven't even heard an update on her. God, that you would be with them and comfort them, and, and God, that you would... Um, bring people to yourself, that they would find the comfort of the Holy Spirit, comfort of the Lord in this difficult, difficult time. Lord, for any situations that we're going through this morning, we want to lay them at your feet, God, and, and ask. They're, they're too big for us, so we ask that you would take care of them this morning, Lord Jesus. Um, help us to give you thanks um, in all circumstances. God, even if we can't give you thanks for the circumstance yet, Lord, I pray that we give you thanks for who you are and for all the other things that you're doing in our lives. So as we give you praise this morning, help us to do that. Forever and ever, 
testimony of God's faithfulness and something that's been happening recently in your life that you want to share. We don't do that very often. Charmaine. Encourages to keep praying and trusting and looking to Jesus. This week I heard of a, of a good friend, a good uh, radical Christian family. They've been in ministry. They were on the mission field. And one of the, the, the kids, um, as they, they hit that, you know, 19, 20-year-old thing, they began to drift away, you know, out of the music and secular. And it, got, and it got really bad this week after, I think, about four years of, of really just walked away from God and everything has come back fully on fire to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so he is good. He is good. Now 
We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, on his blood, his righteousness, everything that was accomplished through him coming. The world brings so many distractions and so many things, and we need to know that no matter what happens in our life, that he is our strength. He's our cornerstone.
sing Jesus. shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father in the name of Jesus is healing because by his stripes we are healed in the name of Jesus there's hope because he overcame death and the grave in the name of Jesus there is life because he lives again and now lives forever at the right hand of God. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you for opening up our hearts and our eyes to see him and to receive him as our Savior, as our Lord. Thank you for filling us with yourself through your Holy Spirit. Be the center of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, junior high and high school is going to be meeting upstairs. So if you guys want to head up there for anyone left that would like to go. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to see you here at the Journey Church. And if you are joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. I, I recognize all the faces, so I think we're good. So... <laughs> um, but just a couple announcements for you guys. One is that this Thursday at 4.30, we're looking for a couple extra strong, willing people to put up the tent that we put up every summer. And so um, the men's group is already here at 4.30, so they're going to be working on that. And we just need a couple extra bodies. So if you're – oh, just kidding. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, so you guys get to serve in your in your men's group this week. Yay! Um, but yeah, if there is um, anyone else that is able and willing to come and help with that, again, that's 4.30 this Thursday. Um, and in addition, speaking of help, we are continuing to look for a couple volunteers in Kids Zone. So we are down about one, possibly two teachers for the month, or yeah, each month. 
So if you feel like God has put it on your heart to, to teach the little ones, you know, it's an exciting thing to do, that you're raising up the next generation, right? And even if you don't feel like God's put it on your heart, please step up and serve. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, be like Nike. Just do it. <laughs> um, but, and if, uh, and if you do feel led to do that, you can connect with Pastor Rob, and we'll make sure to um, get y'all set up for that. That would be awesome. So, so that's the only announcements that I have for you guys today. Um, so we're just going to move into our time of receiving our tithes and our offerings. And I just wanted to share a verse with you, and it comes from Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. And it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. And I just want to receive that as a church body, as we give back and we honor God with what he has given to us, that, that with those first fruits, that he will bless this church body. And not that we're doing it to receive and look for blessing, but we'll take it, right? <laughs> um, we want to be overflowing with God's love and grace, and we want to be that light. You know, when we were Christian Center, we were lighthouse on the mountain, and that's why maybe you'll see some of the lighthouse pictures around the church, because that's exactly what we want to be. We want to be a light on top of this mountain to the dark world, just as in the prayer earlier, that we want to stand up in faith and confidence in who our Jesus is, that we have the power of the living God, that same power that raised him from the dead is what dwells inside of us. And so let's go forward with confidence and boldness in who we are in Christ and proclaim his name to the world and especially up here in our community. Amen? All right. Well, that was our prayer. So there we go. is seeing my lips move and they're not hearing anything and in the back if that ever happens you can turn there's a little button you can push on the eight time and it'll pick up anyways so um she graduated uh, high school we had a graduation yesterday 
And uh, we just want to, as a church, we prayed for yesterday in the service, but as a church, we want to pray for her. So I'm gonna actually going to ask Nikki to just say a prayer over Madeline. And, the gra- and I don't know if there's any graduates that aren't here today, but just pray for her, would you? We're so thankful for Maddie and her faithfulness to you, Lord. Um, she's been uh, someone who's an encouragement to my heart to watch her grow in her faith in you. And we pray as she goes away to college uh, that you will guide her steps, Lord, cover her, protect her. Um, and we just pray for you to give her wisdom beyond what she has and that she will make great decisions because she knows you and we just thank you for the life that she's living for you and we just ask for your covering over her in your name we pray amen we just have a, a, a real quick bump we're going to play and then we'll get into the service and i'm going to see if i can fix this Good morning again. We are we are in our second week of our focus series, and we are learning to focus and the importance of focusing on Christ. Um, last week we learned about focusing on the good, and I hope that this week, uh, this past week, you that you were reminded that that we need to be focusing uh, about the the good things and not the negative things. Paul talks seriously about the things that we're supposed to think about. We're supposed to take those thoughts captive. Uh, think about whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble. Uh, and so we want to continue to do that. We don't want to just do a, a message and then and then you know forget that message and come back and do another message and then forget that message. And then we want to be growing in Christ. And this series, I think, can really help all of us get a hold um, of some things that happen in our lives. So much of the negativity, so much of the uh, difficulties we face are, are all right up here in this in this brain thing. Um, so much of our, our problem really comes from poor thinking. So we want to really uh, work on focusing on the good that was last week. And remember the three points. Uh, the first thing you had to do was recognize the wrong. We have to start learning to recognize wrong thinking and, and what's happening up, up top. We're, we're judgmental. Uh, when we're full of fear, when we're full of worry, when all these things are negative, we have to recognize the wrong. Then we have to um, replace that, rediscover the replacement. We've got to replace it with positive thoughts. We're going to get those thoughts through the Word of God. We're going to get them from other uh, people who are going to encourage us um, in the Word and in, in life. 
And the third point was that, that I said you were supposed to accumulate accountability, that we need to get people who will help us to hold accountable to those good thoughts and to not seeing the negative and to being in relationship and encouraging us to move ahead and really do and live the way Christ wants us to. So remember last week was focus on the good. Let's continue to work on that, taking every thought captive. As we go this week, uh, we're going to um, change it a little bit. We're going to be talking about our eyes. We're talking about our eyes because out of all the things that tend to lose focus, it's our eyes. It's our physical eyes and it's our spiritual eyes. We are going to talk about focusing on Christ. Focus on Christ is this week's message. And, uh, you know, I was really thinking a lot. I had a, a number of things come this week. I'm like, you know, all the times that I have lost focus and all the times in, uh, I've had to talk with my kids, focus, focus, focus. As a parent, you've probably said that thing a hundred times. Well, as adults, we also have to learn to focus. I remember one time I was with uh, two really good friends, uh, Jim, Jimbo, we called them, and Jeff Fisher. And Jeff, uh, we were out in, I lived out on, on Forest Road, don't judge me. Um, and we had to take Jeff all the way home, all the way out to, uh, to Shea Meadows out here. And uh, so we we're going to take him home. That's the only reason we were going. Jim was the one who had the car. So we, Jim and I were in this big conversation. So we, we jumped in the car to take Jeff home. And Jim and I were just so focused on our conversation. We're talking and chit-chatting. You know, we get all the way to the old high school. I guess it's the middle school now. And the conversation came. And I went, what do you think, Jeff? And Jeff didn't answer. So I turned around and looked. And Jeff wasn't in the back seat. Now, now Jim's car... He had a Mazda 323, and from the inside, you could open up the back seat and, like, crawl into the trunk. And we used to do that all the time. It's kind of fun. Um, and so we thought, oh, my gosh, he, he's just being weird. He's in the trunk. So we pulled off the road, and sure enough, he wasn't in the trunk. We're taking Jeff home without Jeff. So we drive back to my house on Forest Road, and sure enough, he's just standing there. You know, I mean, that, this, is, this is a good 10 minutes, and, and we're like, what happened? Why didn't you get in? He said, the door was locked. I was yelling and you guys didn't hear me and you drove off while I was trying to open the door. We were focused so much on this that we missed what should have been happening. The whole purpose of our trip was to take him home. And obviously it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was just, you know, cause it was a good laugh and, you know, cost us 20 minutes of time and all that. But we need to learn to focus and, and get focused and stay focused um, so that bad things don't happen. That wasn't too bad, but there's a lot of times, and you can think of times in your life um, where, where when you lost a little bit of focus, something negative started coming in. And so we want to begin to really think about what are we focusing on uh, this morning? Um, so today we want to look at a story in the scriptures when one of Jesus' disciples chose to focus on him. And this is where our focus ultimately needs to be. It needs to be upon Jesus. Um, as we're going to see in the story, though, Peter loses focus in the middle of the story. And if you've got a Bible with me, go to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Mm -hmm. 
We're going to start. We're going to start in verse 22. We're going to we're going to read the whole thing, and you kind of go back and and, and uh, take it up in, in par- parts here. Did I say 13 or 14? Okay, good. Because I'm like, I think I changed to 13. I'm like, good. So Jesus is, was, was uh, ministering, and he went up on the mountainside to pray. Uh, he's going to go up on the mountainside to pray here, and, and the disciples are going to take off. But immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After, uh, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. So Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind and was afraid, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So early in the the passage, we see Jesus asking the disciples to get into a boat and, and cross the lake as he finished finishes feeding the 5,000 people. And of course, the disciples, they follow Jesus. They, they do what he says. And while Jesus is away praying, this big storm comes up on the lake. And that's, that's on my bucket list. I really want to go to Israel. I want to, you know, I want to see all these places. But the, you know, large enough lakes can, can bring up storms and they can have, I've even seen Big Bear Lake, you know, storm and the clouds rolling where you, can, you can't even see shore in our little lake. So the storm comes up. And, and the disciples just began to have fear. A lot of boats have sunken in those times. And uh, when Jesus finally comes onto the scene, their fear actually increased. And I was reading this, and I was thinking that there are times in our life that Jesus actually puts us into the situation that's going to be difficult. You know, Jesus wasn't like, I wonder what's going to happen later. I'm just going to send him on the boat. I mean, Jesus knew everything. So when he sent them in the boat, he put them into the boat and said, go alone, because he knew what was going to happen. And there's times in our life that, that it's actually God calling us to, to go into the storm, if you will. Uh, we don't know it's there, and, and he's calling us to go out, and then the storm comes, and, and what happened with the disciples, they got fearful, and that's really what happens to us too. The, something happens, the storm starts, and we begin to become afraid. So afraid that even sometimes when Jesus shows up, when God shows up somehow, and sometimes it's because somebody's pointing us to Jesus or we're encouraged to live by faith, that it actually brings more fear. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Everything's going on, and, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, the word, you feel like God is having you to do something even crazier, and you're like, uh, no, that, that must be a ghost. That, that can't be God. That can't be Jesus coming to rescue me. That word is not of him. And, and that's some things that, that uh, kind of happens to us. Let's read uh, 25 and 27 to 27. So during the fourth watch of the night, 
Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. The disciples were convinced that this was a ghost. And, uh, you know, I think, I think of us, we're, we're convinced of a lot of things that don't exist as well. Um, our mind races and goes to things that aren't even real. Um, and, and it begins to play this, this, this fear thing goes on. And it was actually Jesus. Once he starts speaking, the first thing that Jesus says is what? Don't be afraid. I believe that when it comes to focusing completely on Christ, there are, are a number of things. We're going to talk about three things today that do not have place in our life when we're trying to focus on Christ. And the first one is fear. Trying to focus on Christ, the storm comes up, we become afraid. Jesus' first, first words, don't be afraid. He wanted to address that, that reaction that happens inside of us immediately. Um, and these disciples. Why were they afraid? Well, they didn't, they didn't have Jesus with them. You know, had Jesus been in the boat, we saw when a storm was, happened when he was in the boat, they went down and woke Jesus up. But this time, they, they didn't have Jesus at all, so they began to be afraid. They needed the presence of Jesus. Doesn't the presence of Jesus help you in your times of fear? Looked around the boat, and they couldn't see Jesus. And so when he does appear, they didn't even, they didn't even think that it was him. And again, there's, just, there's something in here, and I think somebody maybe even needs to hear this, is that when there's a storm happening in life, we, we, we kind of feel like a word of God. Maybe somebody tells us the word of God, and that word actually causes more fear. But that might be the exact thing we need to hear if, if, it's, it's, if it's the Lord. That thing that's even causing more fear, Jesus coming onto the scene in a way. You need to step in and, and, and follow that. Follow that. Don't, don't believe it's not Jesus. Have you been in the situation where you were focused on Christ, doing pretty good, spending time with him, focusing on him? No, no road bumps. And then a storm hit. When the storm hit, it gets a little bit harder to focus on Christ. It's, it's much easier to focus on Christ in the good times. Interesting, we'll get to this a little bit later, if the times are too good, sometimes it's harder to focus on Jesus again. Sometimes maybe it's like right in the middle, because if life is going really good, we just start, can get swept up in even all the blessings and all the good stuff, and we can lose track of Christ then too. But we're going along doing life, and things are good, and then, then the storm comes. And it gets harder to focus on him. It gets more difficult to see him because of the storm. You know, there's been a, a number of times in my life that that was what was, was, has happened. You know, times where maybe, uh, you know, Shannon and I were, were, were in, a, in a bad place, in a fight. And it wasn't just a, a single fight. It was maybe a, a time where it was just tense and, and rough. And see, I've got abandonment issues. It's one of the things I, that's one of the things I deal with. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, everyone's always eventually going to leave me. When I was young, when I was, you know, before I got married, um, you know, I had a number of girl, girlfriends uh, break up with me. But interesting is 
with three of my girlfriends while we were dating, I like saw them interacting with other guys. I'm like, oh, wow, when we break up, they're going to go date that guy. And I was right three times. In fact, it, it was so, so haunting in me that predicting this, that when, when Shannon and I were, were first together and kind of dating, there was a guy and I got that same gut feeling. And I'm like, oh, great. There she's going to go off with Danny. So I even told her, I says, you know what? Just go. When the idiot, because I'm like, she's going to go anyways, right? Was that from God? No, that was my abandonment issues that was happening. Getting, you know, just everyone's going to leave me. And so because of that, when, when things get rough in our marriage, my immediate thought is, ooh, it's over. It's over. She's going to leave me for someone better looking, more money. Whatever it might be, that's, that's my fear. That's what I think. That just happens. See, we all have something. I'm just kind of willing to admit mine right now. It's going to be scary. But yeah, fear of abandonment. And so during, when, the, when these times have come in our marriage, and, and it probably wasn't near the level that I thought it was, I would lose, I would lose sight of hope and Christ and believe that our marriage was doomed dun 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 you ever been there see yours is different probably not exactly the same as mine but when the road bumps happen when the storm comes we lose focus on christ and then we begin to fall into fear sometimes the storm comes and it causes to focus on the future for, for multiple reasons. One, one is like, you know, the, the future will be better. It'll be better. It'll be better. Just kind of focusing on something out there. Sometimes we focus on the future and go, I don't know if I'll ever reach the future. I don't know if I have a future. For Peter and the, and the other disciples, the storm caused anxiety and fear right, right then and there. We're going to die. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to respond. When, when we're faced with a storm, it's so important to have made your decision beforehand of how you're going to respond. And that's really tough. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes work. I remember when my uh, brother, Pat, he was, uh, he was airborne. He was at 14 years in the, in the Army, and um, he was just 18 when he got into the Army. So, and I was, like, I was like, he's five years old, so I was, I guess, 13. So when he came home, he'd always tell me his stories, and, and he told me all about it. He was, you know, told me all about learning how to jump out of a plane and and, uh, he, he, you know, he was excited and he'd, he'd clip up and, you know, and for weeks before that, after basic training for weeks, they would just like, they would just go through these motions, be running and they'd put their little, oh, their little hook on a wire. They're on the ground, put a little hook on the wire and then they'd walk through a little doorpost. They just jump, but they're on the ground. And then, then pretty soon they're up on a little, on a little platform and then they're jumping off the platform, just jumping in, the, but they're all on the ground. They're just doing these motions just over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Until finally, and they, and, they, and they got a little bit higher each time and did different things. They added elements to this. I don't remember all the details exactly. He says, until the, finally the first real jump. I said, was it, were you afraid the first time you jumped? He goes, not at all. He says, I wasn't afraid at all the first jump. I was terrified my second jump. Because <laughs> the first jump, he had trained so much that he just responded. You know, because they even knew, you know, they even trained sitting in a chair. The right comes on, boom, stand up, oh, turn around, oh, oh, oh. 
put your clip on the thing, and then they just kind of fall out the door. Oh, and you know, next thing you know, he's falling out of the plane. He says, I wasn't afraid. I didn't have time to be afraid. I was just doing what I was trained to do. And there's something in that that's good for us. We can train ourselves that when storms come, it's like, no, what am I going to do? I'm going to pray. Storm comes, pray. Storm comes, pray. Storm comes, pray. Storms comes, read. Storm comes, be in fellowship. Don't run away from God. Run towards God. We've got to train ourselves to respond and really prepare our response. You know, um, we, you know, we have a couple of police officers here this morning. They were trained and trained and trained to not react in a situation that's dangerous. They were trained to respond. Most of us would react in a situation where somebody pulls a gun or whatever, but you get trained. And, and as Christians, we need to begin to train to respond, get ready, because guess what? The storm is coming. It, it's coming. I mean, it's coming for every one of us. Different times, different storms, different bumps. I remember doing a wedding. I used to own a wedding chapel. I think most of you know that. I performed about 1,500 weddings in my life. It's a lot. I meet people today. They say, hi, and I'm like, I probably married them. So I go, hi, it's good to see you. I don't remember them. <laughs> Now it's online. I don't, I mean, I did a lot of weddings anyways, but this one wedding I did, um, I should call them, this has been about 30 years, 28 years. We're, we're doing, the, we actually met before, a lot of times they just showed up at the chapel and, we, and I did the wedding. This one we met a few times and we talked about, we wrote the vows, it was an off-site wedding and it was a little bit more elaborate. Um, and we're talking about the vows and they had wrote these nice vows that says, trials may come and I said I said you know let's change that I said because trials will come and she's like, no no I don't want to put that because I just don't want to accept that I want it to be trials may come and I'm usually not this way but when we got time for the wedding we're doing the, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling her the, the vows, and then she repeats them. I said, trials will come. And she looked at me, just a little bit out of her eye, when she's talking to her soon-to-be husband. She goes, trials may come. Now, I'd like to call her to see if may happened. Because May happens every year, so May eventually <laughs> happens. Bumps, storms come. What will you do when they come? When the storms come in my life, will I know, will I choose to focus on Christ regardless of the pain? And we have to begin to, this, this is where there's some positive confession things that are very, very true. I don't think you can speak things into existence, you know, but I think you can speak things into your personal existence. You can talk, talk bad about yourself and you pretty much end up feeling bad and being bad. Um, I don't think I can speak a Ferrari into the, into the parking lot for me. I just don't think I have that much power. I've tried. It doesn't work. I, but, but positive speaking, even saying when the trial comes, I will focus on Christ. When the trial comes, I'll go to him in prayer. When the trial comes, I'll go to him in the word. When the trial comes, I'll go back to week one of this message and go into my accountability 
get some other people that are walking this life with me. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. So after the initial fear, the next thing that comes and tries to steal our focus is the distractions. Fear and then distractions. These are, are things that are causing us to not be able to focus on Christ. Uh, in Peter and the disciples' situation, the storm itself was what was distracting them and causing them to lose focus. They had the storm like, oh, well, there's a storm, and, and they couldn't focus no, on Christ. Go to uh, verse 29. Starting at, at 28. Um, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. There's a lot of distractions that uh, we face in our day-to-day -day lives. Church, the truth is, whenever the devil cannot destroy, he tries to distract. When the devil cannot destroy, he tries to distract. Um, even just a couple chapters earlier in chapter 4, which, which let's go ahead and go there, Matthew chapter 4. One through eleven. Let's 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 go ahead and read this. And I'm reading out of NIV today. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Sometimes I just want to say, yeah, no duh. Forty days, he was hungry. I mean, talk about hungry. The tempter came to him and said, "If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread." Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it's written, do not put the Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Distraction after distraction. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll do this. He's just distracting Christ, trying to, but Christ had his focus on the Father, on doing the work of the Father, not on himself, not on fulfilling his, his legitimate need of food, not his, uh, that, that need that is in all of our flesh of power. Distractions. The devil was trying to prevent what we see happen right before we learn about the storm in Matthew 14. The Bible says Jesus went to pray to the Father. There's, there's a lot of occasions where, where this takes place throughout the ministry of Jesus where he goes and he prays and he spends time with the Father. As, as Christ's focus was on his heavenly Father, he was trying to get the disciples as, as well as us today. We need to focus on God. We need to focus on Christ. We're focus on him. How has the devil been distracting you recently? See, that's, that's where the question comes. What's he, what's he causing you to be distracted by? 
for Peter, it was the wind and the waves. He's out there focusing on Christ. I mean, we give Peter a bad rap. The other 11 guys stayed in the boat. Come on, Peter got out. He's walking on water. That's, that's amazing. And then the wind. And he said he saw the wind. When you can see the wind, that's pretty powerful. Saw the waves. And, he, and he'd already had his faith in Christ. He'd, he'd gotten out of the boat. He was walking, but he lost focus. I think some of us today are probably living like Peter. Full of faith. We're walking. The storms are coming. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't sink. Some, some of us are still stuck in the boat. Now, I want to say that don't get out of the boat unless God calls you. I, th I think that's an important thing you know, to, to add in there. Don't get out of the boat unless it's, you know that God is calling you out of the boat. Because if you get out on your own, you're just tempting God. We don't want to do that. Uh, a good friend of ours, when he was just young, he was so zealous. He's a, he's a pastor and a very good friend of ours. Um, you know, he was zealous for the things of the Lord, and it was, he was he was in his early twenties, and some other guys who were just zealous. They went out, and they're like they read this whole thing about Peter walking on water, so they go out to the pool. I kid you not, in their clothes, they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna test this out. We're gonna walk on water like them, and so they went, okay, I believe in you, Jesus, and they just stepped off the side of the pool and they went swimming, because God didn't call them to step out into the pool. But, but when God calls you, step out. You, there's some of you in here you, that God might be calling you to take that step of faith to do something that is scary, that doesn't make any sense. Step out of the boat. I mean, you're like, yeah, but it's already bad. If I do that, it's going to get worse. Not if God's calling you. Step out. Step out. I, I know so many testimonies. We, we've had it too. Um, I've had it where, like financially, you know, no money. I've, I've got a, my old youth pastor, John Green, he taught me lessons on, on faithfulness and giving and sowing good seed. He, he would give out when they were, when they were broke. It only If God called them. I mean, I remember one time they, were, they weren't doing real well or, you know, anything. They're just, just motoring along and... And uh, I saw him, and, and it had been quite a few years since we'd been out of the youth group. And I greeted him, and it, part of our, you know, when I first greeted him, he shook my hand before he hugged me. Or, and I felt something, and it was, I'm sorry, it was in the going away one, because I'm like, it was going away. So we hugged, and he shook my hand too, and I felt something in my hand, and I knew, so I just had to close it and put it in there. He gave me a, a, a solid gold coin, an ounce of gold. And they didn't have it to give. You know, back then, it was like 700 bucks. You know, shortly after that, it jumped up to like 1500 and it paid for, uh, paid for a big portion of my education at the time. He didn't have the money to give, but he gave it, and God would meet him. Isn't that the tough one? When you've when you're, when you got like no money to pay your bills, and God says, hey, now I, I want you to pay, and I want you to give money away. It's easy to give out of your wealth. It's a lot harder to give out of your nothingness. What storm might be happening in you and God's saying, yeah, yeah but I'm going to ask you to step out of the boat even though it's rough. You're going to come to me and we're going to make it through together. We can be distracted by success, trying to get ahead. 
We have a lot of people who kind of, you know, you've, you've kind of had your careers. A lot, of, a lot of retired people in here. You probably remember. Yeah, there was times I was distracted by success. Just want to make it. Just want to make it. You can also be distracted by failure. Interesting. Both. You get distracted by success. You get distracted by failure. You can get distracted by good times when things are all good. You just do your own thing. Things are bad. Again, you're distracted. It's, you're, you're following almost like the emotions. We're just, oh. Yeah, I got to work harder. I, I got whatever it is. You, get, you can get distracted in great relationships. You're just distracted from Christ in a good relationship. You can put all your your chips into that that relationship that you have. Even husband and wife, we got to understand it's God first. It's God first. You can get distracted by bad relationships. Or just this relationship is bad. This marriage is bad. And we focus on fixing problems. I am such a fixer. It drives Shannon crazy. I mean, you know, I mean, somebody starts telling me a problem, and I start trying to fix the first thing they say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I got to teach myself to stop it. Shannon's trying to, like, stop it. Stop trying to fix. Half the time, that's really not even the whole issue. They're, the actual issue is down the road after talking a little bit, but I'm still back at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, but we can fix that first thing. And now I'm going to fix it. And just focus on fixing things. Let's not focus on fixing things. Let's focus on Christ and let him bring the truth and the answer to it. Don't be distracted. Christ, what do you want me to do in these moments? You know, Peter understood that Jesus had the power to sustain him if he would get out of the boat and start walking. So he did. The distractions came and Peter instead looked to his, I always, I don't know why, I, I don't know if you guys do this, Peter was going this way, and the waves were coming to him from this way, in my story, I don't know how you see it, he's walking this way, Jesus over there, and there's a wave coming this way, and so he looked over, and he sees the wind and the waves coming from his right, it's got to be biblical, and that's when he got his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to focus on the storm, and he began to sink, I remember, um, when I was, was uh, pretty young, probably about 10, I went to Jinx Lake with uh, Jimbo again. Jimbo's in a lot of stories of mine. So is Jeff. And we were down, and we were in that, back then you could swim in Jinx Lake, and they had a roped off area and that was for swimming, and then you could like, you know, put your boat out at other places. Um, so we were in this roped off area, and we had taken his little blow of rubber raft and turned it upside down so we could breathe under it. Did you ever do that as a kid? You know, it was so cool. You're hanging onto the boat and you're breathing. We're just kicking around, floating around. And we thought we were going in one direction. We'd been going for a really long time. And I, I'm, okay, keep in mind, I'm 10. I'm like, Jim, I think we're on the other side of the rope. And he's like, how on earth could we be on the other side of the rope? I said, I think we need to flip the boat and find out. And he's like, we're, we're fine. Stop, relax. Because we're, we're, I'm thinking we're in the middle of the lake. I'm like, no, I mean, we've been, we've been swimming way too long to still be in this little roped off area. So I flipped the boat and I let in my other hand, it popped out from my other hand and I, I couldn't touch and I just started sinking. Now I could swim, but I lost all focus on anything and I started to drown. And I did that whole thing coming up, paddling, screaming, gulping air, gulping water down. And, and I mean, he came over and, and he pulled me out of the water and pulled me to shore. And it was, it was tough. I mean, it, was a, it was a bad day. Then I sat on the shore all day and I got like second degree sunburns where they, 
it, it, it burned on my legs. It was horrible. It burnt on my legs, blistered, popped, and then blistered another couple days later. I mean, double blisters. It was a bad day. But I got scared, and I, I was distracted, and I, I, I knew how to swim, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Sinking is horrible. And sometimes your sinking is sinking in, in the worry of, of financial debt, worry of relational issues, worry in, in, in fear and in, in kids, and we just begin to sink. And, and, I, and I tell you, it's almost as real as that water coming in when I almost drowned. You know, coming in, it's, it's just as, it's sometimes even heavier. The weight, it's like what I imagine quicksand to just feel just getting buried alive in this sinking fear and distraction as we lose focus on Christ and everything just weighs us down. Don't get distracted from the true source. Don't sink. If you ride a motorcycle, I, I learned this, I wish I would have learned it sooner. Um, when you're riding out on, on, on the, anywhere, but I, it happened for me, I, I was riding on the dirt and, and you know, I try to stay out of the ruts and you try to miss the rocks. And so I'd be riding up and I'd see a rut. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to hit that rut. So I'd be looking at the rut. Next thing you know, I'm right in the rut. I, I just kind of go on that. Be riding down, riding down, like there's a big rock. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I can't hit that rock. And so I'd be looking at the rock to miss it. And I don't, and I'd hit it every time. Every time I'd hit the, I'm like, I'm an idiot. How do I keep hitting the rock? How do I keep hitting these ruts? I'm looking at them to avoid them. It was years, a couple of years, before somebody says, when you're riding, don't focus on the rut or the rock. You focus on where you want to go, and you won't hit it. Because whatever you're looking at, you're going to hit. So if I'm walking down the side of the road, don't look at me. But it was true the moment I, I, you know, so when I'm riding, you know, when I was riding after that now, I'd, I'd see the rock, I'd start to look, no, don't look back, and I'd look at my path, and I'd make my path out, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is so much easier. I don't know what was happening. It's a mental thing here that, like, if you see it, if you focus on it, you're going to hit it. That's life. Stop focusing on the problems. You're going to hit it every time. Focus on Christ, and you're going to hit him. You're going to run right through him. Focus on the path through it and not on the obstacles. You're going to keep hitting the obstacles. Focus on the path through. Don't be distracted. Don't be, but it's a big rock. Stop looking at the distraction. Jesus calls out the third reason, and it was doubt. Verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? He had that initial faith when he stepped out of the boat. He started walking on the water, but he began, and he realized what he was doing. You know, that, that's a, that, that, what am I doing? Um, he started to doubt. He questioned whether or not Jesus could actually sustain him in the storm. And you might be here this morning and having same, similar questions and doubts. God, are you really in the middle of the storm? Can you really pick me up? Can I make it through this storm? It feels like I'm being tossed by the wind and the waves. I'm distracted by all the troubles I see around. I keep focusing on those things. I don't know if you can really help me. Psalm 
a couple more scriptures, including the memory scripture for this week. And, and I'll give you a choice of two, I guess, because this is also good, a good memory scripture. The point is memorize a scripture every week. Get it in you. Read it multiple times during the week. Get it in you. This is, our God is a refuge and strength, Psalm 46.1, an ever-present help in times of trouble. God is a refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. You know, long before Jesus came into the scene, the Bible promised that God would be our refuge. He has always said that he would. But Peter wasn't looking at the refuge. He was looking at the problems. He was doubting whether God could really do something in him. I want to, let's go ahead and go to Isaiah. Isaiah 26. And we're going we're gonna to put it up on the board also. I like the version I'm, I'm going to put up on the board. Um, it's the international uh, standard version. It's a different version, but I like it because it uses the word focus. They're all good. You will keep perfectly peaceful the one whose mind remains focused on you because he remains in you. Now remember, you is God, this one. You, God, will keep perfectly peaceful the one, that's me, if my mind remains focused on God because me remains in God. Focus on him. Remain in him. And he'll see us through. And he'll give us peace in the storm. I, I know that some of you have, have could come up and, and give me two stories. One story where that was true. I said, I went through this horrible time and the peace of God was there. And it was amazing. And then you probably all have the story also. It says, and there was another time I had a storm and my mind, I had no peace. We, we've, most of us, a lot of us, we've been walking with Jesus for a while. You've had times of both. If I have to choose, I want the peace. I don't know about you. You know, some of you might, just might like turmoil. You know, you're, you're so good at it. Let, let, let's get that peace. Let's, and I love it. Whose mind remains focused on God. We need to remain focused on him. Not just occasionally, not just like I'll do my devotions in the morning, I'll focus on God for a minute, and then I'm going to go do my life. We keep focusing on him. Sometimes I wonder if we lose our focus on Christ because we are just convinced that our situation, that he's not here. I struggle with this. I, I, sometimes I struggle. So I, I'm, a, I'm a doer. and I've, I've confessed this before. I, 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 I feel like I have to do it by myself. You know, I was very, very, very independent growing up. I, I mean, I, I had a real job at 12 years old. Worked about 20 hours a week at a donut store cleaning, doing the cashiering, and eventually cutting the lettuce. And 13, I was a maintenance guy over at the Robin Hood Inn. By 18, I was managing the Robin Hood Inn. I was the general manager at 18. They were nuts to hire me. I've always been really independent, and that's come into my walk with Christ. I, I, I sometimes think, I don't know if you really hear God. I'll take it from here. Horrible. God, help me. I get, I, I get me into more trouble that way. But sometimes I go, I don't know. You know, I know that you love them, but do you really love me? 
And I think some of you can relate. He does. He doesn't show favorites. I joke around saying, well, he does. I'm his favorite. <laughs> and what's cool is you get to say the same thing. I hope that all of my kids tell their friends, you know, my dad loves all of us, but I think I'm his favorite. <laughs> I really want all of my kids to think that because I want them to feel so special. I can't look over there. She's graduating. I wrote her a big letter. <laughs> Christ is closer to you and to me than we realize. You know, I love in the story, it says that Jesus was away. Peter began to walk toward him, got his eyes off him, looked at the wind and the waves, cried out, and immediately Jesus was there. Immediately. Say that, immediately. When you cry out to Jesus, he's immediately there. He doesn't have to go, oh, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that happens around our house all the time. Dad, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> when you cry out to Jesus, he's immediately, he's, he's always there. But he's immediately there. Isn't that awesome? He's there for you. He's there. If you've surrendered your life to Christ, not only is he immediately there when you cry out to him, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You can't get any closer. He's, he is there in you. He'll encourage you. He'll speak to you. He'll minister to you. In, our, in, our, in the story in Matthew, Peter and the, and the other disciples, they were caught in that boat in the storm. And Peter had to decide to take a step of faith. This morning, if, if you're here and you haven't taken that step of faith to fully trust in him, to even put your focus on him initially, today's the day to do that. It's a step of faith. If there's a, something you're going through that's difficult, you're like, I need to trust and focus on him, but it's scary. Then that's what you need to do today. Take that step of faith. Step out of the boat. Getting your eyes off of the circumstance seems counterproductive at times. You got to fix it. You got to work at it. You got to. I, I got to focus on this problem. When I'm done with this, then I'll. I'll get to. I'll get to God. But I got to get through this first. I think some of you can relate. I, yeah, just you got. I got to fix this. It would be dumb for me right now to leave this. and No. Leave that for a sec and get Christ. Christ come. Let's pray. God, last week we learned about focusing on the good. And there's so much good in our lives, even in the midst of the negative and the bad. There's so much good. Father, this week we need help learning to focus on Christ. The scriptures teach us to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God, help us to focus on him. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to not be distracted so easily by the things of this world, by life, by work, by relationships, by wealth, by difficulties. Help us focus upon you.
God, give us strength and courage to step out of the boat, even in the midst of the storm, to come to you and to do what you call us to do, even if it seems crazy. I think swimming in the ocean in the midst of a storm is crazier than sitting in the boat. But sometimes you call us to do that. God, help us not to be afraid. Help us to not be distracted, Lord. Help us to not doubt. Help us to know you in a deeper way. To know that you are immediately there, that you always love us, that you never forsake us. God, so that we can focus more and more upon you and get through this life above the waves, above the water. Pray these things in Jesus' name.